Hey, fresh ad read today because I want you to know that my new book, Motivation for Regular People, Reframing Your Drive to Pursue Your Goals and Achieve Your Potential, is coming out on November 14th of this year. This book is the culmination of all the research I've been doing on motivation for the last six months. In this book, you'll gain a fresh perspective on how motivation actually works, and by the time you finish reading, you'll understand how to leverage your motivation to accomplish your most important goals. I'm so excited for this book to come out, and you don't have to wait until November 14th to purchase your copy. In fact, you can go on Amazon and pre-order your copy today, and you'll receive an instant download via Kindle whenever the book becomes available. You can also wait to buy the paper book on November 14th if you want to have a copy to take notes in, or if you want to bring me a copy and have me sign it for you. That's totally fine as well. I'll include a link to the book on Amazon in the show notes if you want to go ahead and pre-order, and I would be honored honored if you would help spread the word about the book to others who may also be looking for some extra motivation. As a special treat for listening to the show, I'll include a link to read the introduction right away for free on my website. You can hit pause and read it now if you want, or you can wait until you finish listening to the awesome conversation that you're about to hear. Hello and welcome to the Motivation for Regular People podcast, where you'll find all the inspiration you need to start, continue, and finish the goals that matter most to you. As always, I am so thankful that you have tuned in. Today, we're going to talk about how you can find hidden opportunities in your everyday life by becoming more curious, and we have a tremendous guest coming on today who's going to lead us through that conversation. Before we get there, quick reminder to subscribe to the show if you haven't already done so. We release a new episode every Thursday along with a few bonus episodes every month. And if you subscribe to the show, you'll always be the first to know whenever those new episodes are available for download. Would also love it if you'd give the show a rating and a review. That will help us grow our community and take this message to more people who may benefit from these conversations that we're having about motivation. Today I'll be talking with Beate Chalette. Beate is the host of the Business Grow Architects show. She's the founder of The Women's Code and she's well known for providing visionaries and leaders with proven strategies and blueprints that will help them improve their systems and strengthen their leadership. We had a tremendous conversation about finding hidden opportunities and I can't wait for you to hear more. So let's get into the episode. Here's Beate. Beate, it's great to have you on the show. I am super excited, Brady, because we are going to be talking about getting people out of the funk. <laughs> Always a good thing to discuss. Yes, much needed. So we've been talking for a few minutes now. One thing that I've already learned about you is that you value this idea of finding hidden opportunities. So tell me more about what makes that such an important concept to you. Yeah, so sitting on the couch eating Funyuns and watching TV has never really led to many opportunities. And I believe that we are, we here for a reason, right? The chance of you being on this planet is so minuscule that, you know, just by the pure fact that you made it to this point is already a miracle in itself. And so when I see people and they are constantly asking themselves all these questions of what does it mean? 
Where do I come from? Where are we going? It's like there's only one way really for you to figure it out. You got to do something about it. You got to take action. And action taking, so people, I think also there's a second part of this, Brady, wait for this revelation that the sky opened, the hand of God personally, you know, touches you and and gives you this on a silver platter, the information that you need. And then you go, yeah, got it, I'm going. That's just not the way it works. Opportunities do not show up as Tiffany boxes with a nice little bow on it. Opportunities show up as challenges in disguise. And if you just shift that in your head to say, if you really look back at your life, if that thing didn't happen, if that teacher wouldn't have said that to you, if you wouldn't have been benched for that game, if you know that girl didn't break your heart, if that first employer wouldn't have fired you, then you would have never done X that then led to X that then created that. And so that's what hidden opportunities are, is, is a certain type of fearlessness where you say, I have no idea what this means. I have no idea where this leads, but I'm curious, I'm interested, I'm exploring. And then you just pursue that and in, inevitably, because it's an energetic change, opportunities start to show up. Hmm. This is so interesting. So I'll tell you the first place my brain goes. So I'm thinking about these opportunities along the path of life, or maybe opportunities isn't the right word, but these circumstances, these things that we experience. And when you look back over the course of your life, you're able to assign meaning to things. So like you said, if I hadn't broken my arm, if I hadn't gotten fired, if I hadn't X, Y, Z, then this next corresponding event wouldn't have happened. And we're able to look back and make sense of those things and make connections and kind of form a coherent narrative. It's a lot harder to do that in the moment, but it doesn't make it any less real. And so maybe part of this curiosity that you're talking about is sort of instantaneous, like something that we have to train our minds to be able to do in the moment. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, well, that, that you, you're not talking about something that I, I've been very passionate about. You know, a long, 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 long time ago, I read a book called The Optimistic Child. And the author said that the problem in America is that we have genera- uh, created a generation of people that need instant, instant results and instant uh, satisfaction. There is no delayed gratification because that's not what we are, what we are raised in. So we do something and then we want to get an A and that is instant. We want to play a video game. We, we whatever, we, we play Mortal Kombat or whatever that stuff is. We go to the next level, instant gratification. So everything is spelled out instant gratification. Why? Because in marketing and in sales, I can give you more. Because if you cannot wait and I can provide something that gives you that quick, you know, endorphin shot, then you're going to keep doing it more and more and more. That's the whole social media is built on these endorphin shots of, oh my God, somebody liked it, you know? And so you, you start training your brain to get really, really distracted. And if you understand the concept of delayed gratification, meaning that I, I am going to find the right partner. I'm going to find the right job. I'm going to find the right opportunity and you have this level of curiosity that you are allowing yourself to explore and say, is this what I want? 
instead of saying, oh, life sucks. I've tried it four times. I've been defeated four times. This is not working. It's the worst. You know, the world is bad. People are bad. They're all liars. They all suck. If you change that and you say instead, hmm, this is me like not updating the GPS in my car. And then I go in my car, inevitably they're building that freeway. It's a cul-de-sac. I cannot go my regular shortcut. There's a guy with a hard hat, a, a suit, you know, with a neon stripe on it. And he goes, no, 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 with a big fed stop sign in it. What, you're going to throw yourself on the ground? You're going to throw a temper tantrum? You're going to go like, driving is the worst. I'll, I'll never drive again. That's it. My driving career is over. I'm going to sell my car and insurance is so expensive. I'm the worst. I mean, it, I, I'm so stupid. I can't even believe it. No, you're not going to do any of that. You're just going to go, should have updated my GPS. You know that your friend's house is still there. So you don't worry about this. You wave at the guy, go, should have updated the GPS, and you find another way. So why can we not do this with everything in life? Why do we have to have this judgment of that every time in our professional lives that something doesn't pan out on the very first Try, we go throw a fit. Oh, come on. Yeah. And I think that we we look at other people's journeys and we tend to see what we want to see, right? So we have a goal that we want to accomplish. Maybe it's a business goal, maybe it's a health goal. And we look at someone else who has achieved that goal and we assume that their path to get there was much easier than what we perceive our path to be. When we have to remind ourselves, we're not seeing everything the public face that we see, whether it's someone we know or someone we don't know, is really just the tip of the iceberg to everything that goes into accomplishing the goal. So I think that is part of it. I think the other part of it is being able to differentiate what we can control versus what we can't control. And this is something, I don't know about you, I've thought about this a lot lately. My wife, probably a month or two ago, said something to me along the lines of, and I think it was from a video that she saw on social media, like the secret to happiness in life is being able to accept what you can control as well as what you can't control. And to me, there's so much power there because how much time do we spend worrying about or trying to impact or influence things that ultimately are entirely outside of our control rather than simply acknowledging those things saying, well, I can't do anything about that. And then leveraging the things that are within our, to use Stephen Covey's words, our circle of influence. I think that your, your wife's is very wise. There's an old Chinese proverb that says, stop worrying about things you cannot change. So some of the pieces that we, we need to uh, remind ourselves is that we have something that's called a confirmation bias. And the confirmation bias comes from our old programs. Our old programming is like an operating system that's been instilled by our parents before the time we were seven. So what our parents believe is what has been instilled upon because our brain has no way to push back until we are seven. So that's why, you know, kids think you're the most amazing thing that ever walked the planet because until they're seven, they really truly believe that by the time they turn seven, they start to develop a mind and, and decision-making on their own. And now they're becoming a lot more vocal about challenging you or challenging, you know, challenging life. So when you think about this, there is a whole set of belief systems that constantly runs in the sub in, in the background in your subconscious. 
So when something happens, you go, hmm, I don't feel this is right. The reason you don't feel it is right because it was when you were five years old and then you wanted to try something else. And your mom said, it's Brady, it's really dangerous to go in the rain riding your bicycle. Boom, there you are. You crashed, you hurt your elbow, you hurt your knee, you know, you you had a bad bruise and you know, it hurt you walking for like two weeks. And that incident is constantly in your subconscious mind. Now, mind you, you're not five anymore. And you're probably much better riding a bike today. The tires are better. You have a professional bike. Even if you were to ride now in a in, in the rain on your bike, you probably would not crash because you have a better skill set. But that experience constantly runs in your background. So when your friends now say to you, hey, Brady, let's go on a bike ride and it's pouring rain, you're probably more inclined to say, you know, dude, I just don't feel comfortable riding in the rain. Um, you know, people just crash on a higher rate. And that's confirmation bias because you now believe something you already believe. So the objective that we have with really challenging our past and designing our future is to say when something like this comes up to say, is this true? Is this true? Am I helpless? Is this true? And I know your podcast about motivation. Is it true that I'm not motivated? Is it why? Well, wait, why do I even need to be motivated? I know I need to do this. I know this is this is necessary because I made a decision to get from here to there. And now I'm waiting for some of the motivation gods to come down from heaven and, and give me that push. Wait, you said you made the decision. Why do you need a motivation once you made the decision? The decision is the motivation. So you're really not believing in your own decision. So you're not keeping your own word to yourself. That's the spiral of motivation that gets out of control. If I decide, if I make a decision, I give this my word. I say to my wife, to my husband, my partner, my kids, we are going on Sunday, rain or shine. That's a decision I make on whether I'm motivated or not. I promised I'm going. So what makes the motivation to go to the gym, to, to, to work out, to make me better, to read the half hour, to meditate the 15 minutes a day. When you make a decision and you start keeping the word to yourself, stuff's going to happen in life. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm sitting here thinking a thought that you spurred for me, something I've been thinking about a lot lately, this idea that we do what we do because of what we believe. And so our actions don't exist in a vacuum, but they actually reflect values that we have, beliefs, our way of seeing the world. And so if you're able to get some of those small wins, like you were just talking about, you are increasing your sense of self-belief that you are capable of doing whatever the task is, meditating, reading, setting a goal, whatever that might be. So as we get back to where we started, which is looking for hidden opportunities, being curious, I would love to hear about what's happened in your life that has made this such a high level value for you. Yeah. So, so it, it, my entire story, I mean, I set out as a, as a creative, as a photographer, and I realized I wasn't really that good. I mean, it was good enough, but I wasn't as good as I wanted. And I realized that becoming a great photographer would take a lot of time and unnaturally was better at the business side of things. So um, I, I, I figured, well, if that's the, if that's the thing, then the, the opportunity kind of must be out there. I really never even thought about it. And I ended up being photo editor at Elle magazine in Germany. 
in in everybody's book a pretty decent job you know right there at the cutting edge of photography and when i didn't like the uh, fashion world as much as i thought i would i decided to go to america and i didn't think about it much but i just felt this urge to go and i became a photographer representative and then one day somebody says can you produce a photo shoot for us and i said sure i can because i'm very organized and uh, i know how to you know find the steps 1 2 to 20 and the first client was levi strauss and then i asked him i said how did you even find me and they said well somebody says call beata in los angeles i'm like jesus if 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 you can find me just by my first name in los angeles I better be putting that in my business name. And next thing I know, I work for Mercedes-Benz, Levi Strauss um, and uh, Wrangler and all these kind of like really cool companies and being a producer in Los Angeles. And then there's this moment where I'm standing in the desert and I'm producing my first music video. So I'm thinking my ships come in. I wanted to be an MTV music producer so bad. I was I would binge in MTV music videos. I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm standing in the desert and it's like five o'clock in the morning and the rip truck comes and the food truck comes and the talent comes and the director comes and the stylist and, you know, and, and I'm, I'm standing there and I'm thinking I'm having arrived, Brady. And then I hear this voice and it says, you need to go bigger. And I'm like, oh, come on. You know, I finally at a point where I feel like I have this trajectory that I wanted to be on so badly right in front of me and the voice says, no, this is not good enough for you. You need to work on a global scale. And I, I remember these words very vividly and I kind of knew I needed to, but I didn't pay attention to that. And then everything was taken away from me. I uh, got in a lawsuit with an employee who uh, basically robbed me off the photography, uh, biz- the photography representation business by getting too close to a key vendor and then uh, opening a business, which was my business without me. And it just destroyed my entire business. Uh, it, it destroyed it. And then I was in this lawsuit. And then uh, six months later, I think production season is rolling around. And I'm, I'm back in, you know, Mercedes-Benz and whatever that was. September 11th comes. And in one day, literally in 24 hours, I lost a half a million dollars. I mean, it was all gone. And it was irrevocably gone. And I realized at the moment to rebuild the production business, with that voice in my head that I needed to change something probably wasn't smart. I had no idea what plan B was. I never had a plan B in my life. And, and then I realized um, that there must be another opportunity for me, but I'm broke. You know, I'm, I'm with a lawsuit and everything I'm, I'm, I'm in debt. So the lawsuit settles. I walk out with literally zero, zero. The debt was gone, but I didn't make any money on it, which you really never do with lawsuits. And so I had to start from scratch again. But the idea that I had for this other business was from the photographer who cheated me hmm. because he was an architectural interior photographer. And so I had this idea to do a stock photography syndication. That became the business that I sold for millions of dollars to Bill Gates. So the hidden opportunity wasn't, it's like, I can't believe they're doing this to me. If I would have gone down in flames, and this is where my famous quote comes from, I will not drown in a puddle. If I would have gone down in flames, everybody would have said, Beate, you fought, you did what you could, 
was outside of your control, nothing much you could do, but I just would not give up. I just couldn't imagine. I couldn't fathom that the joke was on me. And then when my ship came in from the worst moment of my life to the best moment of my life was 18 months. And I sold my business for millions of dollars to no other than Bill Gates. So the opportunity is there. You don't see it because it's called a hidden opportunity, not an obvious opportunity. Everybody can take care of obvious opportunities. Somebody offers you, you know, a million dollars and says, hey, would you like to um, you know, speak 10 times a year for a million dollars. That's obvious. Of course, you're going to say yes. But a hidden opportunity is something that's lurking behind the thing that you cannot see. Hmm. That's so interesting. So as we get toward the end of our conversation here, the question that I have in mind, aside from the obvious fact that they are hidden and that it takes work to find them, what separates the average person from finding more hidden opportunities in their life? Uh, curiosity and and an unfaltering belief that at the end of it, it'll all work out in your favor. That hmm. that failure just is not an option because failure is just not in your vocabulary. Mm. You just don't know what the path is. So essentially, if I am aware that the opportunities exist and I'm willing enough and curious enough to go and seek them out, then eventually I will find them. It may not happen today. It may not happen in the time frame that I would like, but the combination of curiosity and patience, at least this is what I'm taking away, will ultimately lead to something. Yeah, I always ask three questions. Is it possible? Is what you want to do possible? If it is possible, and everything is possible. I mean, we're going to Mars for crying out loud. <laughs> uh, so if it is possible, then the second question is, is it then possible for you? Well, I mean, if it's possible for other people, why would it not be possible for you? Of course it's possible for you. All right, great. Then the third question shifts from can I do it to how can I do it? And that means that your brain is now actively looking for evidence in something that you believe in, the ability to make it happen. Hmm. That's the difference. Yeah, so you've got those foundational beliefs, but then you also have, I think about our conversation on cognitive bias earlier, you're training yourself to look at them differently. You're not looking for reasons that you can't do something, but you're looking for reasons that you can. And then also practically, you're looking for those steps that will help you get there. Exactly. So I exclude things that we now know don't work. I don't take that as failure or personal. I have curiosity and I say, oh, it's so interesting. I thought that would work. Well, gee, you know, guess, guess not. Well, there must be another way. Well, what other ways can we try? That is so much better than 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 breaking down every time something doesn't work. Because, you know, like, have you ever done the whack-a-mole thing? You oh, know, like- Sure I have, yeah. Yeah, ex exactly. So it's like a whack-a-mole. You just have to whack long enough. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, Beate, this was such a good conversation. Thank you for sharing some time with us. If there's someone listening that wants to connect with you, learn more about you, where can people do that? Yeah, just go check me out under Beate Chalette or The Growth Architect. I'm all over. I have lots of lots of free information. If you are a business owner or a business owner curious, go take my free quiz at Growth Blocker Quiz to help you find out what the number one business growth blocker is. Hint, it's one out of three things. Reach out, uh, drop in my DM, you know, always happy to hear. And while we're at it, please, wherever you pick up this podcast, go there now, subscribe to the podcast, give it a five-star review, 
and give it a short comment. And here's why the comment matters so much. It teaches the algorithm that this is good. And if you want other people to take away um, the things that Brady talks about, please help him to make this uh, reach a larger audience and share this episode with one other person who needs to hear what we talked about today. Hey, thank you so much for sharing about what you're doing and helping point people back to the reviews and rating for this podcast as well. I very much appreciate that. And I really did enjoy this conversation and appreciate what you had to say. Thanks for having me. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Recently, I was feeling overwhelmed with all of the responsibilities I was juggling in my work and personal life. I signed up for BetterHelp and scheduled my first online therapy session. To be honest, I was a little nervous about meeting with a therapist online, but I was matched with a great therapist who offered me a fantastic experience. She helped me tremendously in our first session, and I noticed an instant difference in my mental health. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can also message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions whenever it's convenient for you. If you're matched with a therapist who isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, you also get more scheduling flexibility and a more affordable price, especially when you get 10% off your first month by signing up at betterhelp.com mfrp. That's betterhelp.com mfrp. Check it out and sign up today.